The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? Be proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! I-O! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am your host, Buckeye Boggs, that man over there. Is the wild man Chris Wild still feeling it in his back, sitting in the comfy couch tonight, podcasting here on the OHIO podcast for all of you, our great Buckeye listening fans. Great show planned for you tonight. We got some fun topics to dive into. We also got a funny video where I made a special call into the Always Irish podcast as a Buckeye fan. We're going to play that in our video review at the end of the show. Let you all enjoy that as well. But first off, let's celebrate all of you who are in the house with us tonight. How about Mr. Larry Daniels? He was leading off tonight. I got a nice little single there from sunny Florida. Greetings. Good to see you in the house tonight, Larry. Uh, Paul Buckeye is in the house tonight as well. He says, how about Edric Houston, uh, crystal balling Ohio State? We'll take all of them we can get, Chris. That's right. We'll take every single one. Uh, Facebook user, my guys, what's up? That's got to be Ryan Wickerham, right? 
It's got to be Ryan. Has to be. Yeah, he he likes to say, my guys, what's up? Uh, wonderful, wonderful topics tonight that we're going to dive into. Um, oh, there you go. Yeah, it has to be Ryan. Went to TJ uh, Tumulau's football camp, JT Tumulau's football camp. So uh, that sounds awesome. Facebook user, hey, from Girl Scout camp. Probably my wife. That Bobby? What's up, Bobby? Could be Bobby, could be, or, or it could be uh, her assistant troop leader, Emily, either one. How about you just turn it over, share it with all the Girl Scouts, let the Girl Scouts get educated in Ohio State football tonight. I think that'd be a good thing, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we'll take them all. We'll take them all. All right, Chris, so let's go right into tonight's topic number one, shall we? Sure, let's do it. The Big Ten released their 2024 and 2025 league schedules this week. Chris, number one question. We'll break this up into several different topics here uh, for all of you. We'll get into the whole Penn State thing, UCLA and uh, and, uh, USC thing. But first, did they get it right, Chris? Well, as somebody who likes to attend Buckeye home games, I kind of feel like most of our home games stink. <laughs> I'm just saying, no, I'm just saying, I, I wish we'd get a little more of the of the the upper echelon in there. You know, it seems like we've got a lot of weak opponents at home uh, in that first round or that first in, schedule in 2024. 2024, yeah. Um, let's let me go through that real fast so in 2024 we get four home games yes they are michigan state minnesota penn state and ucla maybe i was thinking 25 was the softer one i can't recall and then the away games in 2024 for ohio state are illinois iowa michigan northwestern Rutgers. 2025 ohio state gets five home games yes yes illinois Team up north, Northwestern, Purdue, Wisconsin, on the road, Indiana, Maryland, Nebraska, and and uh, USC. Yeah, it was twenty twenty five that I thought the schedule was a little bit soft for the home schedule, but I think I, I might have had that team up north. I might have had that backwards. I might have had that. Yes. Okay, so what, I was right. It was twenty twenty four that it was. Yeah. Yeah, twenty twenty four, five home games, Illinois, Iowa. Team up north, Northwestern Rutgers. Oh yeah, you're right. That's yeah, that's not that's not very good talent for us to to go pay you know a hundred bucks a seat for to go sit down at the stadium. You know, 2025 might be even weaker. Indiana, Maryland, Nebraska, USC. You get USC though. I think everybody wants to see USC, Ohio State. I really do. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I just <clears throat> I don't know. I can only imagine what they they gave that team up north if they gave that to us. Well, <laughs> I can you tell you what they Ten, gave them. The Big Ten likes to, I, well, I know, but the Big Ten likes to cupcake that team up north. So, not necessarily. Twenty twenty fours the um, home games for the team up north are Maryland, Michigan State, Minnesota, UCLA, Wisconsin. Their away games are. In the shoe, Illinois, Rutgers, USC. They go to the shoe and to the Coliseum next year on the road. Now on the road, that's brutal. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, their home schedule, that, that that's pretty – I mean, you got, what, Wisconsin in there? I mean, and, and maybe Maryland, but I don't know. Their I'm home Wisconsin's their only tough one they got that year. 
their home games in 2025 are Northwestern, us, Penn State, Purdue. Their away games are Indiana, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan State, Nebraska. Well, those those away games will be easy for them that year. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, there's a there's a lot to dive into here. So let's let's just start with this, Chris. Did they get it right? Yes or no, and why? I mean, they went with a rotating schedule. Some teams got to keep rivals, did. others didn't. And I thought that was interesting how teams could it seemed like select how many uh, rivals they wanted to have. Yeah, uh, you, you know, and I think it says a lot that Ohio State only chose to have the one rivalry. Well, that's not okay. So let's back it up. You had to apply. Correct. Both both schools had to apply to the Big Ten that they wanted that a particular rivalry. Yeah. If both schools requested it, then they took it into account. Right. And at the end of the day, they came away with saying they were only going to keep historical rivalries not and the word that gene smith said was competitive rivalries which i found that verbiage to be incredibly interesting yeah because i'll tell you what let's face it until the last two years penn state for the better part of the last decade has been our rival okay yeah as far as competitive rivalry we're jumping the gun i want to get there in just a minute but but did they do it right yes or no I think only time's going to tell, Eric. I don't think we can say yes or no right now. T- to me, I mean, I wish we would have had had some teams locked in as a regular home, you know, a regular game every year. But I- I'm willing to give it a shot. How about that? I'm willing to okay. give it a shot. Uh, I, I, and again, when we get into addressing the individual teams, I think I'll have more to say on that. Okay. All right. I'm going to say that they didn't get it right. And here and here's why. I don't like when one school is given something and another school is not. For instance, yeah. Iowa has three protected rivalries. Yes. Yeah. Why couldn't you say we're going to protect two rivalries for every school? Correct. Or we're only going to protect one rivalry for every school. Which honestly is how it probably should be. I mean, I just it it makes zero sense to me that Iowa gets three protected rivalries: Minnesota, right, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Every single year, they're going to play a home and away with those schools every single year. Where Ohio State only gets one: the team up north. The team up north gets Ohio State and Michigan State every single year. Penn State gets. Nobody. It doesn't make any sense. You know, if I'm a Penn State fan, I'm not sure if I'm more upset about that or maybe relieved. Can you imagine being a Penn State team that somehow comes out of a year not facing Ohio State or Michigan? Okay, we're jumping the gun again. I know we want to get there, so let's just go there, okay? Let's just go there. Here we go. Let's throw this up here for everybody. This was a poll that we put out there for everybody on whether you felt that now that Penn State and Ohio State will not play each other every year, your feeling about the news was happy. They aren't really a rival, 2%. 
said, yeah. Mad, that was our second best rival. That was a lot more, 51, or excuse me, 41. 57% said they were indifferent about it because USC, USC and Penn State every other year feels about right. Now, Chris, give me your Penn State take. If I am a Penn State fan, I, I'm looking at this like a gift almost. You know, the Big Ten is going to somewhere along the way flop it up, and they're going to have a year where Penn State doesn't see Ohio State or Michigan. And that is like almost a walk to a, to at least the conference championship game if they're left with just the rest of the division. I mean, I really believe it is. Myself, as an Ohio State fan, you know, I did like the competitive rivalry with Penn State, especially when we didn't have that – when that team up north wasn't strong, Eric. I feel that Penn State gave legitimacy to us when there was a question of strength of schedule. And, you know, I, I feel they were, like you, like Gene Smith said, a great competitive rival. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it always gave you a second game to worry about. You know, it really did. Um, and in, in many cases, it was the only game we had to worry about each year for quite some time until the last couple of years. So I don't like us not seeing Penn State. It, it, that's my take on it as an Ohio State fan. But as a Penn State fan, you've got to look at the positive. Yeah, I understand that you guys always enjoyed a good game against Ohio State, win or lose. I understand that, you know, it, it may have been very similar for them. We gave their schedule credibility as well. You know, you lose a close game to Ohio State, who may be ranked one, two, three in the nation at the time. It gives credibility to you if you've had a soft schedule the rest of the way through the year. But I truly believe that there's going to be a time, and maybe more than once, where they don't see Ohio State and Michigan on the schedule. And, and like I said, they should consider that a free gift and a possible walk to the conference championship game. I don't know that the schedule makers will ever make it to where they never play they that they don't play both. Should of they us. know? They should play one or the other every year. Sure. They should. Will they? I don't know. Our schedule makers sometimes just have to leave me shaking our head in my head, Eric. I, I really sometimes think they just keep hitting the auto generate button until they find something that works for them. Yeah. <laughs> it's it really doesn't make sense much much. Larry Daniels asks a question here. How do we stand with, with with Wisconsin for the two years? So if we travel to Happy Valley, then the third year before we see them all see them at home. I'm not liking this layout. Yeah, there's there's some interesting uh, uh, quirks with this. Now, what they said was you should see every team at least once in a two year span, and then the next time you see them again you would go reciprocate. You would go to their house if they came to yours because the idea is that at least one time in every four-year span, you will have played in a Big Ten stadium. Right. Uh, every Big Ten stadium. So hypothetically, if you're a freshman, you will have played at least one road game in every Big Ten school by the time you graduate as a senior. That's the idea behind it. And in order for them to make that possible, given the fact that Iowa has three protected rivalries, they said they had to make some schools with lesser protected rivalries to make that possible, which means that, again, Ohio State and Penn State fell on the sword for, for the Big Ten. Why? 
Why? I, I don't now, know, Eric, because uh, I uh, my personal feeling is Ohio State, and, and given the last two years, that team up north should have the right to dictate to the Big Ten exactly what they're going to do. I mean, outside of Ohio State and Michigan, who's been there the last 20 years, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, you know, USC is going to add a little bit more legitimacy to that. They but do. but my point my point is still that when you look at the overall schedule on this thing and how they did it, it just – I don't see the excitement outside of playing the new guys. Especially, honestly, especially when you're not going to play what I feel is your second biggest rival in Penn State. And you can call it a competitive rivalry all you want. You That rivalry goes all the way back to the Ohio-Penn State High School All-Star game that was played back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Those two states were always recruiting against one another. Joe Paterno. Uh, Earl Bruce, John Cooper, they all always recruiting against one another um, for the Pennsylvania, Ohio kids. Yeah. Um, it is a regional rivalry just because they weren't in the big 10 for a hundred plus years. Doesn't take away the fact that in the past 30 years, that has been a doggone good rivalry and they've had our number at times in the nineties. It went back and forth, man. I remember Kajana Carter running all yep. over us, right? Um, those were some great games and yeah, the Jerry Sandusky thing set them back a little bit, but up until the last couple years, while the team up North couldn't get their act together, Penn state was indeed our best opponent every single year. And they gave us their very best game every single year. They beat us that one time. Uh, and we, they took us to overtime multiple times. Yeah. And I'll tell you, I'm looking forward to playing the new guys and maybe they'll Maybe we'll have a budding rivalry with USC or, uh, you know, there's the tie with uh, UCLA and uh, uh, Kelly out there at UCLA. And, uh, but you know what? This is my thing as far as the, the West teams go. And, and I know this is a little bit off topic here. I don't know that I like going out and playing a home game or a away game in the Rose Bowl. Really? You know, we, we, and this is why, Eric, we've talked for so long about how the bowl games that aren't part of the, the CPS just seem to be less and less mattering or mattering less and less. And still my argument is the Rose bowl isn't what it once was. If it's not a part of the CPS, it's, it's going to be every year moving forward. It, so it will be, but I mean, it, it, you know, to this point it's lost some of its shine. I think that, it almost loses even more of that shine when you're playing regular Big Ten games in there. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't – it's not going to feel the same if you go out there to play in the Rose Bowl. Mm-hmm. So This is a great point right here, Larry. Hard to develop yeah. a rivalry if you play every other year. Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. I, I, that's exactly right. And, you know, he brings up another good point. Uh, with Coach Fickle at Wisconsin. I saw that as an up-and-coming rivalry. Yeah. Ask Trestle who his biggest rival was. Oh, Michigan State when D'Antonio went up there. Uh, no, that wasn't Trestle. That was uh, that was uh, Urban. Oh, that was Urban. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tr- right. Trestle was Trestle Wisconsin. Was, was Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So 
that that absolutely could be could be a huge rivalry moving forward if you were going to play them every year, but you're not. Yeah. So it's it's really hard to develop that rivalry momentum. Donald Hoffer, the second, asks a great question: What does Iowa bring to the Big Ten for them to have three potential rivalries? All I hear is crickets on that question. The most potent or maybe impotent offense you've ever seen. I don't understand this. No one has been able to answer this question. What? Why? Just why? Oh, those are our big rivals. Three of them? Like, you play Nebraska on um, the day after Thanksgiving on Friday every year. That's cool. Okay, maybe I'll give you one more, you know, well, you know, was, you know Wisconsin, but Minnesota? You know what it is, Eric? It's simply this. Kirk Ferentz played, you know, golf with all the grandparents of uh, these people who are making these decisions now. So, Yeah, yeah. he's been there a while, right? He's been there a while. I guess, you, I guess you throw him a bone when you've been there that long. Let's talk about the California teams. California dreaming, yeah. Chris. So USC and UCLA will officially be a part of the Big Ten starting next season in 2024. Let's take a quick look at what the Big Ten gave those two schools. We'll start with UCLA first in 2024. Their home teams will be, or home games will be, there in the Rose Bowl. Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Ohio State, and Crosstown Rival, who they will play every year in USC. Their away games the first year includes Indiana, Iowa, that team up north, and they've got to go all the way to Piscataway, New Jersey, to take on Rutgers, which would that's like a six-hour flight. So five-hour flight, maybe. Anywho, that's that is their 2024 schedule. 2025. It flips around. Their home games are Maryland, Purdue, Rutgers, Wisconsin. So they play Rutgers in back-to-back years. Again, they that schedule automatically tells you that the excuses that they gave us on playing everybody in four years. Rutgers? Right. Okay. Their away games are Illinois, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, and USC. That is UCLA. Over to USC now in 2024. They get four home games in the Coliseum, five on the road. Their four home games are Illinois, Iowa, that team up north in Wisconsin. You know, playing the Loserines in Wisconsin at home should be big crowds for them. Iowa, Iowa, maybe. Iowa can travel, as we saw. Mm -hmm. Illinois, not so much. Their away games, five of them, Maryland, Northwestern, Penn State, Purdue, and then UCLA. In 2025, the Trojans get five home games. They are Indiana, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, and then UCLA. Their away games include Minnesota. They come to the shoe to take on the Buckeyes. They then have to go to Piscataway, New Jersey, to take on Rutgers. And they also will go to Madison, Wisconsin, to take on the Badgers. So those are the two schedules for UCLA and uh, USC. Um, Chris, I'm really looking forward to to playing UCLA in 2024. I think that that's going to be a fun game for Ohio yeah. State to go out to the Rose Bowl and play UCLA. Um, I think that's fun. 
Um, I'm also looking forward to them traveling to the big house. Uh, that would be fun to watch in 2024 and 2025. I know that's really looking down the road, but going to happy Valley to play Penn state and what I can only hope would be a whiteout would be, would be good yeah. TV. That'd be fun TV to see. Uh, hosting Wisconsin would be, would be all right uh, as well. That one, that'll be fun to watch USC. Of course they've got, in 2024, they go to Penn State, they go to Happy Valley, and then they host the team up north in Wisconsin. Those three quality games that, that's a, in their first yeah. year. UCLA got a lot more love for introduction to the uh, Big Ten than what USC did. Yeah, and then in 2025, they will travel to the Horseshoe, and they travel to Madison, and then uh, they host Penn State inside the Coliseum. So those will be three matchups. So UCLA, USC in the Big Ten, now that you've seen the schedule, are you a little bit more excited about it? Eric, the only thing I wasn't as excited about as far as these two teams coming in was playing in the Rose Bowl. I think they're great additions. I look forward to the coaching matchups with, you know, as an Ohio State fan with Ryan Day versus UCLA and especially Ryan Day versus USC because that's you know two, th- these guys with with Lincoln Riley and Ryan Day are regarded as two of I think the best coaches you know that are still fairly young. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be great football um, all around. But man, the the schedule makers did not do USC any favors at all when you're talking about going to Wisconsin going to Ohio State, and this is what, 2025, going to Ohio State, going to Wisconsin, going to Piscataway, and then uh, ha- having to play Penn State that same year. I mean, if if Wisconsin does what we think they're going to be capable of doing under Luke Fickle, Penn State, Ohio State, and Wisconsin, that that's pretty brutal. You know, that, that's, that's a tough schedule, and I think that uh, – Obviously, uh, you know, like I said, the UCLA definitely got the much easier end of it uh, versus what USC was handed. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to the two teams as an addition. I think it's going to be great football. I think there's going to be some great stories there. Um, and I think, you know, if we look at it, maybe it's going to benefit us a little bit in the long term having these West Coast teams as part of the Big Ten getting ourselves out there, maybe that's going to, you know, enhance our recruiting presence out there as well. It could. I've heard a lot of the mid-tier Big Ten schools talk about, you know, going out to California and landing some of the three stars from California that they haven't ever really been able to land as a way to benefit their programs. Um, that that's definitely a possibility uh, as you look into that. I'm excited because I, I think it just bringing in USC specifically, I think elevates the Big Ten to where there's no longer a question on who the second best conference is. Oh, I agree. And, you know, you look at it, I think ultimately, like you've said, like we've talked about so many times, this is all a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. It really is. And I won't touch on that because I know we're going to talk about it later in the show, but I think it's ultimately a stepping stone to landing um, the biggest free agent fish in the sea. Paul Buckeye kind of talks on that stepping stone a little bit. Just think about more teams being added in the coming years. Wisconsin is going to be better rivalry and Penn, 
than Penn State, and Penn State will be a better rivalry. Um, the Big Ten only said we're going to do these in two-year incre- increments. There's a reason why. Yeah. That's because there is still a lot of potential to add more teams yes. to the Big Ten footprint. And so why why even go and make a schedule beyond two years out when there's a very good chance you're going to have to rip that schedule up and make a new one because now you've got Oregon and Washington in the mix or maybe even some other schools uh, like we talked about that could be in the mix. Uh, Donald Hoffer says, if USC wants to call themselves one of the best teams in the country, they should run the gauntlet. Yeah. Let's see how you do in, yeah. in the Big Ten. Let's see. We're going to find out right away. Big Ten a little bit tougher than that Pac-12 they've been playing in, Eric. It's going to be it's going to be very different, I think, for them. Now, here's the thing. A lot of people have been talking about how USC has never played in the cold weather in November. That's not true. No. They play Notre Dame in the cold weather yes. in November. So they know what it's like. This is a program that has done it before. I will give them credit for that. But now they're just going to have to do it more often than what they're used to. Um, and if so, you yeah. think that Lincoln Riley can't pretend, prepare a team to play in cold weather, think again. Yeah, he did it all the time in Oklahoma, right? That's right. Uh, the Big Ten East had to do it for the last 10 years. That's true. That's yeah. true. Well, the, the Big Ten East has carried this conference for the last 10 years. Uh, let's just call it like but, it is. But so. you know what? In two more years, there is no more Big Ten East, Eric. One year. This will be the last year. That's what I'm saying. This is the last year of conferences. In two more years, the, the, the divide is done. Do you think – this is a, that's a great point. Do you think that that in some weird way benefits the Western teams at all? I think it benefits Penn State I, I more it than benefits anybody. Penn State, yeah. Yeah, it definitely does. There's a very good chance that one of the two teams that will be playing for a Big Ten championship will be either Ohio State or Michigan because they're going to finish the year off against one another, and then the other one could be like a USC or Penn State based off of who they've played in the record. And, um, and I'm going to say it again, Eric. Don't sleep on Wisconsin. No, don't. Yeah, absolutely. Don't do that. Uh, they're going to be solid. Yeah. Um, maybe that's why they threw Iowa a bone, because they realized Iowa's never going to play for another Big Ten championship. Probably. I mean, it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, th- there's that, guys. I know that that was a lot of talk about the scheduling that came out, but there was just so much excitement around that and things that we had to, we had to throw that up. All right, Chris, let's uh, move on to – to the uh, Big Ten preview or top ten preview where we're going to preview now the top ten Big Ten running backs. We're going to rank them ten through one this year for 2023. Just like we've done in the past, Chris is going to give you the list. He'll start at number ten, work his way down. He'll give you his list, and I'll tell you if I agree or disagree or why. All right, Eric, you ready to go? Let's rock and roll. So, number ten, you know, we are going to visit that offensive juggernaut that has been the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, over the last few years. And, you know, I'm sure that former Wolverine, Cade McNamara, expects to go in and take him to new heights and be slinging that thing all over the place. But, Eric, Caleb Johnson. Caleb Johnson, the kid who came in, was, wasn't was even supposed to start the season as a starter, ends up 151 carries, 779 yards, a 5.2 uh, yards per carry average, 
six touchdowns, leads the team, you know, had a fabulous freshman year. I think that he is going to put up even better numbers this season. I got him in at number 10. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, let's just keep going. Go through. Okay. Go ahead and go down go through, through six. Thing? Okay. Yeah, just go 10 through six, and then we'll you got halfway it. You got out. It. I'll, yeah. Okay, number nine, how about Devin Mockaby? Purdue has a new head coach, new quarterback, returning sophomore who had a pretty good uh, year as a freshman. 195 carries, 968, 5.8 yards per carry, nine touchdowns. Also catches the ball just a bit with 32 receptions out of the backfield last year. I've got him at number nine. Number eight, let's go over to Maryland. Ryan, Ryan uh, Roman Hemby. Mm-hmm. I like this kid a lot, Eric. You know, they got the best quarterback to start the year in the conference, does Maryland. And they're going to want to keep him safe. Well, that means a heavy dose of Ryan Hemby. Roman. Games, Roman. Roman Hemby. I yep. keep calling him Ryan. Roman Hemby. Hemby, yeah. 188 carries, 989 yards last season, 5.3 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns on the season. The guy is legit. For seven and six, we're going to travel over to Happy Valley for both. Ooh, okay. I've got Katron Allen in at number seven, 167 carries, 867 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. He can catch out of the backfield, had 20 receptions last season. Uh, You know, James Franklin has a dynamic duo, duo over there in Happy Valley with him. And the guy I've got at number six, Nick Singleton, 156 carries, 1,061 yards, 6.8 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns. Comes off a strong freshman season. They've got a new quarterback over there, Eric. I really think that Franklin's going to run the ball a ton with these two guys. Um, but I also, that's one of the reasons that I've got Nick Singleton down just a little bit from where some people might have him, is I think it's going to be a true split backfield uh, there in Happy Valley. So, again, 10. We had uh, Caleb Johnson, 9. Maccabee from Purdue. Hemby from Maryland at eight, Allen and Singleton at seven and six from Penn State. What do you think? I got to have Josh McCray from Illinois in here somewhere. Um, I I know that he doesn't have tremendous stats from last year, mm-hmm. but this is the number one guy this year for Illinois. They're going to run the football, uh, and I just feel like you, you need maybe take the Purdue guy out. Slide him in. So I would, I would, I would probably think about him being in the, you know, somewhere around the nine, ten area, just based off potential alone, is where I would think about that one. Having both Penn State guys, I could see where you might put sing. Is, is it Singletary, Singleton, Singleton, Singleton? Singleton. I think you might want to put him in the top five. Well, you know, the top five, Eric. Let's let's talk about the top five because I think we got. We've got a top five that I think by the end of this season, depending on how things shake out, any one of these guys could potentially be the best running back in the Big Ten. Number five, I've got Donovan Edwards from that team up north. Uh, you know, Edwards served as the complimentary back to Blake Corum last year, ran the ball 140 times, 991 yards, 7.1 yards per carry, seven touchdowns. And Eric, the guy's a big-time baller. He really is. His best games were against number two, Ohio State, where he ran for 216 and two touchdowns. Number 10, Penn State, 173 yards, 10.8 yards per carry that game and two touchdowns. 
Purdue in the Big uh, the Big Ten title game, 185 yards, 7.4 yards per carry, and a touchdown. And then, of course, he had the 123 uh, – I'm sorry, 23 carries, 119 yards against TCU in the college football playoff. Uh, the only reason I don't have him higher is because, well, he's got a teammate who's coming back healthy and I think he's going to steal some of them touches. Uh, at number four, and this may surprise a lot of people too, I went with Braylon Allen. Uh, everybody's got him to top their list or towards the top of their list, but 230 carries, 1,242 yards, 5.4 yard, yards per carry average, 11 touchdowns. Uh, honestly, if you look strictly by the numbers, he looks like a beast. But Eric, Allen did have five games last year where he did not reach 100 yards rushing. He would have had a sixth had he not broken a 75-yard touchdown against Ohio State's third-string defense towards the yeah. end of that game. Right. Uh, now, you'd think Fickle's going to go in there and, you know, he's going to run the guy's shoes off, uh, given the talent this kid has and, and the way that they have their offensive lineup at Wisconsin. But offensive coordinator, their new guy, uh, Phil Lango, he's a guy that likes to open it up a bit. So I don't know, you know how that's going to work out. And he does have a transfer quarterback in Tanner Mordecai who played at SMU and Oklahoma. He can sling the ball around. So I don't know how that's going to affect Braylon Allen this next year. That brings us to number three. Number three, I've got Travion Henderson. And you might ask how I can put somebody up at number three who only had 571 yards rushing at a 5.3 yard per carry average last year. Well, he did that in five games. Uh, you know, he was hurt for a good majority of the year. But if you look back at what he did in 2021, 183 carries. He had 12, over 1,200 yards rushing. You know, he had 19 combined touchdowns. If he gets back to form, this guy could, could easily make a legitimate claim to number one. Number two, Eric, I've got our guy, Mayan Williams. You know, Mayan Williams has improved every year at Ohio State. Even fighting through injury last year, he led the team in rushing with 825 yards, had a 6.4 yard per, yard per carry, yards per carry average, 14 touchdowns. Now, here's some stats you might not know. He was actually fourth in the nation at missed tackles forced with 38%. Mm-hmm. Fourth in the nation in yards after contact getting an average of 4.4 yards after he's been touched. Fourth and combined first down touchdown ratio, 38.3%. You know, we always talk about 1A, 1 and 1A. I really feel like this guy's earned the right to be calling himself number one. You know, he's the bully in the backfield, and if Ryan Day adjusts his play calling just a little bit, you know, given our quarterback situation and having a new starter, and given the way our line seemed to block better for the running, or for the running game, th- this is a team that could legitimately have, if healthy, two thousand yard rushers. Either of these guys is capable of doing it. And that brings us to number one. And as much as it pains me, I've got to say it, Eric. Blake Corum. Two hundred forty-seven carries, fourteen hundred sixty-three yards last season, five point nine yards per carry, eighteen touchdowns. Uh, he's owned the Big Ten over the last two years. Uh, he had a 100-yard game versus every Big Ten opponent last year with the exception of Ohio State where he was out with injury after just a few plays. You, you know, he may not be just the best running back returning to the Big Ten. 
He could arguably be one of the best returning in the country. Um, so I've got him in at number one. It's, it is depressing. When you put the offensive line list we had last week yeah. and the running back list we have this week. It's scary. You've said it before, Eric. Ohio State is built to win a national title. Michigan is built to win the Big Ten and beat Ohio State. They've got to change that this year. I think if they get a heavy dose of Mayan Williams and Travion Henderson, they can do it. Put your uh, put. I want I want to see two things in the comments, guys. Number one, you've got Mayan ahead of Travion. I would have flip flopped those. I would put Travion ahead of Mayan simply because again potential higher ceiling. It is I think, I think he. I think if healthy, he's going to be given the rock more than Mayans. Mayans a great change of pace back. Mayan will absolutely wear on you. He will run you over. He's a very physical runner. He runs angry. I would put Travion ahead of him still, though, just because of the home run potential. I think uh, Ryan Day wants to give him the rock more often because of that home run potential. What do you think? Who is who is the number one running back at Ohio State? And and again, we're calling them one A and one B. And why, why they're why they're responding to that? Just a justification for why I did that. Mm-hmm. I feel that Travion's injury was a little bit more serious than what Mayan had, and I just don't know. They say he's going to be a hundred percent ready, but is he going to be a hundred percent ready? That is the question that lingers. That's another reason I put Mayan Williams ahead. He's going to be ready. I'm pretty confident in that. Um, the other thing I want to touch on is the fact that. Braylon Edwards, along, uh, along, if Bray, no, um, Michigan's running backs. Donovan uh, Edwards. Donovan Edwards. I'm getting their names mixed up. Donovan Edwards. Been a long day. Please forgive me, uh, hummus hero. Uh, Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum, are they a better one-two punch than what Ohio State has? Yes or no? What I've seen over the last two years, the results would tell me. Yes, but if we'd seen Mayan and Travion both 100% healthy, I'm not so sure. I kind of feel like if 100% healthy, we are just as competitive. If, and again, the, the other thing to take into account is we don't play the same style of football. Yep, bingo. And we don't have the better offensive line. Right. And... I, think, I think if we, and I'm not saying he has to scrap his playbook, Eric. I'm not saying Ryan Day has to scrap his complete playbook. All I'm saying is lean on that running game a little bit more. And I feel like we could be just as good as that team up north when it comes running the ball. Probably not. Brian, you're you're gonna hear you're gonna hear my interview with um John Kennedy in just a minute. And I make the comment that when it comes to Ryan Day and his play calling, he loves to throw the football. He he's does. A for, he's a former quarterback. Let's go back to that Big Ten championship game against Northwestern. Trey Sermon, yeah. They could not stop Trey Sermon running the football. Couldn't do it. No, and the guy ref- broke Eddie George's record. I mean, come on. And he refused to give him the football to the second half when he had no other options. Yeah. 
it's just it's it's a mindset with him, just like it was a mindset with Woody Hayes. Woody Hayes, I'm going to run the football. I'm going to run the football. And when you think I'm going to run the football, I'm going to run the football. And Ryan Day is almost opposite of that. I'm going to pass the football. I'm going to pass the football. I'm going to pass the football. And he he has to. I think he it almost makes him physically ill that he has to force himself to call a running play every now and then. Um, but I understand it to a degree too because where are all of our five stars at? They're all wide receivers. They're all receivers, man. You got to get those guys the football. You do, but at the same time, how much easier is it to throw the ball if your your linebackers can't just rush up and go after the quarterback because you can't just blitz the quarterback because you know it's a pass coming? How much easier is it when, you know, the defensive ends have to stay at home and just instead of just taking off for a quarterback because they know he's passing the football? Yeah, Larry Daniels. You can use the run to set up the pass. You can. Yes, you can do it. It's been it's been done many times. Larry Daniels brings up a good point here uh, that you know you look at Travion's freshman year and you brought it up too, Chris. And you know, obviously, injuries hampered his continual growth as a sophomore. But how about J.K. Dobbins? He took a step back his second year too, and then that third year he really buckled down and took a big step forward. There's that, there, there really is such thing as, as a sophomore slump. Sophomore slump I, yeah. It's a real thing. Maybe that's what we saw a little bit, Travion, outside of the injury as well. Maybe he, we can see that big jump. Donald says he, I, he's going to go with Williams ahead of Henderson. So he agrees with you, Chris. Williams is actually pretty fast. Also with him running people over by the fourth quarter, people are going to avoid hitting him. But at the end of the day, we need the – O-line to move people to make the backs look better. Absolutely. Bingo. That's my, saw my that point. Though, we saw that even in the spring game. When the mm-hmm. run game was going on, the offense was more productive. They, they were getting a good push up the middle. It's because that's where our strength's at on that offensive mm-hmm. line. And not only that, but, you know, it's always easier. You know, Did you play offensive line in school, Eric? No. No. Okay, but, I mean, you talk to most of these offensive linemen – they would rather run block than pass block because they're going to be aggressive. Oh, they get a they get to charge out and hit somebody instead of absolutely. standing back and getting, you know getting into a stance. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. You got it. We're going to take a quick commercial break. We come back. I got I got this video. I got to share with you guys. We're going to respond to it. But hang tight, everybody. We'll be right back. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right. So we are back, and so I, we're going to have a Notre Dame guy who runs a pretty successful YouTube channel on here in a few weeks on a Sunday night 
to talk about the big game between Ohio State and Notre Dame. His name is John Kennedy. He runs the Always Irish podcast, and he does a lot of live shows during the week. And I couldn't help myself. I I, I get on there every now and then as an Ohio State fan, and 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 Joshua around with some of the uh, Notre Dame people just for kicks and giggles. There's a lot of good people on there. They're they're and they actually a lot of them have have their heads screwed on right. They're pretty realistic. But I had to call in finally and talk to John. And so we're going to run this short clip. It's about 12 minutes long or so. When we get back, uh, we'll allow Chris to uh, interject and uh, give his feelings on whether I I represented you all, Buckeye Nation, well enough in this interview. And, of course, he wanted to talk about the fact that Notre Dame just got a brand-new AD uh, and what that means for them as far as their independence or whether or not they were going to be moving to the Big Ten or not. So he wants to talk a little bit to me about that. He also wanted to talk about the big picture of college football and, of course, Ohio State as well. So you let me know if you think I represented you all and Buckeye Nation well as I call into the Always Irish podcast. Enjoy. We'll get back into those. 740, you're going to be the first one up. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. John Kennedy. This is Eric Boggs, a.k.a. Buckeye Boggs from the OHIO podcast. Yeah, I thought it might be. I saw that Ohio uh, I saw that Ohio area code, and it doesn't have a big call history. I figured that might be where this is going. Now, I got a question for you. I'm, ge- I'm getting messages. Me. Hey, I'm getting messages here from a lot of Big Ten people telling me, John, this TV guy you're hiring and all this, it's all kind of pointing in one direction. A lot of Big Ten people think this is an indicator of things to come, that Notre Dame's leaning more that way. Do you see it that way from the outside, or how do you look at this situation? It's going to come down to where his allegiance lies, John. Is he a Notre Dame guy, which it obviously looks like he is. I mean, he played for Lou Holtz, right? He played for Notre Dame, or is he more of an NBC guy? If he's more of a Notre Dame guy, John, you know he's going to want to stay independent. Yeah, that's, it, the, whole, that's the whole dream of of, yeah. of all you guys. Right? And, and I do think I do think he's on the record saying he values independence and all that. But that's always been Notre Dame's company line, it, it, and and we all acknowledge that that we want to do it. It's just that if circumstances change or they or you know the money or whatever. And so I don't know, but this guy's going to have some big decisions to make uh, in his tenure. And the other thing is he's younger, and I do like that he's significantly younger than Swarbrick. And I'm hopeful that maybe he could bring some new ideas, some young energy, some more modern thought into all this. And that's something Notre Dame always needs. Just we're a little traditional in a lot of ways and not the most modern. So I don't know what to make of it. It's going to be interesting. Follow the money. That's all I can say. Yeah. It's all big. It's a big business now, John. I mean, let's face it. It's all about the dollars and the cents. And if he can negotiate a contract for your university, for your football program, that keeps you competitive with the Big Ten, with the SEC, then by all means, this was a tremendous hire for you guys. Yeah. If he's unable to do that and he, and he comes to – to the fan base and to and to your your administrators and says 
we're going to have to join a conference, then by all means, us Buckeye fans will welcome you Irish into the Big Ten family. And here's why. Here's why. Because you guys despise the scum of the earth, just like we do, and that stinking team up north in the maze and blue. And if you hate them as much as we do, by all means, there's room for you in the Big Ten, my friend. Yeah, I hey, that's very, very well stated. And uh, it, it's like, I don't always have the most comfortable relationship with all the Ohio State contingent. But on that topic, we are in lockstep, baby. On that topic, we are on the same page. And you you do bring up a good point where you're asking, how much is this guy a Notre Dame guy? And how much of, of, of him is an NBC TV guy? And the, the, the trick is where it's so blended now. Those two are so married together. It's hard to tell where one thing ends and the other begins with all of that relationship. I do feel like Notre Dame's going to get a good TV deal now. This guy knows every angle. So I don't see any way Notre Dame accepts some dog deal, uh, whatever it's going to be, because this guy knows all the angles. Yeah, John, TV runs college football now. Yep. It, it runs it, okay? So let's look at the recent hire from the Big Ten as far as the commissioner. He was a television guy, and he was brought in to clean up the mess that was left there from the previous commissioner who couldn't sign his name on a contract and gave away rights of the big 10 that weren't his to give away. So they had to bring in a television guy who understands the X's and O's behind the scenes when it comes to television rights and deals and knows how to negotiate those things just to clean up that mess that he had made. So you're going to see much more of a move to the television side of things when it comes to business and college football. And it's literally because they have to bring in more revenue yep. in order to keep this giant machine moving. Yep, you're that right. is NCAA football. You're right. Because when you think of all the things that are involved, all the decisions, all the infrastructure, the resources, new facilities, you know, whatever, modern luxuries for redoing the locker room, building a new football building that Brian Kelly's been trying to get done for a bunch of years. And there's no money for it, apparently, at fancy Notre Dame. There's no money for that. But uh, none of that get, can really matter if you don't have the TV deal where you have enough money that you can work with and play with it. It all trickles down from that. So all of those other, all those other things you can't even really address unless you're in a comfortable position with that revenue stream. And that's why I think this makes a lot of sense. But uh, – this guy's very well-rounded, has a very unique history. Um, it's just down the road, there's going to be tough decisions to be made. And and we'll see how this guy navigates them. It, it's going to be really, really interesting. Um, what What's on your mind as far as Ohio State these days? How are you guys feeling about the summer and heading into the year? Fill me in. Yeah, so as, as far as over here in Buckeye land, man, it is – it is very um, 50-50. We know we've got really good players. We've, we've recruited well. There's depth at a lot of really good positions. However, I think it was Joel Klatt said it best. Ohio State is built to win national championships. Michigan is built to beat Ohio State. And that has been so true the yep. last couple of years. Yep, yep. We've got we've got better recruits. We've got better players. We're built to win on a fast track. I mean, we had Georgia beat. 
as well, even though they talk trash all they want with us, they know we had them beat and then things kind of fell apart in the fourth quarter. This team over the past, you know, four or five years under Ryan day, following the urban Meyer era is built to beat sec teams, or at least compete at the highest level where we get beat is in old fashioned smack smash mouth football yeah. up front. Yeah. And we have, we're going to have three new starting offensive linemen. We looked terrible in spring ball offensively at the spring game. It didn't matter who was behind center. Of course, we have a new quarterback, but it doesn't matter who was behind center. The man had no time to throw the football less than two seconds. And he was either getting rid of the football or was scrambling for his life because there were leaks all over the front line and we weren't even rushing. It was just a four man rush and they were dominating our offensive line. Now, does that mean our defensive line is going to return to the national championship caliber that we've expected over the years? Maybe we've recruited very well there, but that offensive line looked they looked terrible. Now that's the first one. Number two, can we have a good quarterback? Who's it going to be? Kyle McCord, Devin Brown. A lot of us are leaning to McCord. He was a five-star recruit. Um, can he manage the offense? We don't, we're not expecting a CJ Stroud type of quarterback here, but can he be good enough to manage the offense, spread the football around, get the football in the hands of our dynamic playmakers. We've had the best wide receivers room for, you know, three, four years now, and that's not going to change with Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, and, and his, his buddies. So can he get them the football? Does he have enough time to give them the football? Yeah, and then defensively, can we take that next step? Those yeah. are the three areas we're looking at. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially if you have a younger quarterback like that, but you have all that skill, speed, and talent. It's like, I don't need you to be a hero, but you just need to do enough to get the ball to them guys. And the offensive line needs to do their part. Just get it to them, them guys, and let them do the rest. You know, like you don't have to be a hero, make the right reads, get the ball to your talent, let them run real fast. Um, and then exactly. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense. Um, however, here's what's interesting about this and maybe a difference between the way you guys operate and the way Notre Dame's been operating recently is. Notre Dame as one of those young guys. And then it's always like, well, we're going to lean on the run game and the tight end. Like that's a Notre Damey thing. We're going to lean on that run game. And that's kind of the focus and all that. And a, and a way to work in a young quarterback or whatever. You guys have so much talent on the outside. It makes sense to me that you don't want to get conservative and you want the guy to sling the ball around because that's where your best talent is. That's a little bit of a difference. Am I right or wrong on that? Or are you guys going to, try and lean on the run more to ease a young guy in. I, but then you're not maximizing that talent on the outside, which is elite. So how are you guys going to approach that? John, this is as much as we have recruited so well at the quarterback and wide receiver position, uh, really ever since Urban Meyer kind of stepped in and changed the recruiting um, ideology at Ohio State from being regional to coast to coast. The problem is, is there's always this shadow of Woody Hayes over Ohio Stadium who says three yards is a cloud of dust, boys. And so there's always this philosophy in this fan base. If we ain't running, we ain't winning. And 
you know, it's been kind of a, a, a hard transition for the fan base to realize that we're going to be throwing the football as much as we are. And it's starting to kind of, you know, kind of take over a little bit as the fan base gets a little bit younger where, Hey, we're exciting to watch offensively, all of those things. But, but here's, here's the thing, Ryan day. I don't think he can, he, he has, I don't know if he has the ability to turn that page of the playbook and say, I'm going to run to open the pass. I don't think he can do that. He's a former quarterback. He loves the swing, the football around. When we were in the Big Ten Championship game against Northwestern uh, four or five years ago, we were dominating on the ground, and yet he did not go to the run game until the second half when he had no other options because he wants to run or he wants to pass the football so much. Yeah. And if you can force him to run, we've got talented backs. We've got great interior offensive line. We should get a great push up front when it comes to that. But this gap scheme run game, it's just, it's hit or miss. And oftentimes I feel like he wants to spread out defenses and use his quarterback brain that he has. And he's great play caller, Yeah, you know, but man, I'm telling you, it's, Sometimes it's frustrating because we're yelling, run the ball. It's it's third and one and we're we're going four wide. What are we doing? This yeah. is this is Ohio State here. Yeah. Come on. It's gonna get interesting for you guys, especially depending on what happened, obviously with our game, but then with Michigan as well. Uh and and to see which way that goes. We're a long ways from that. We're a long ways from that. And I'm sure a lot of this will cover when I join you guys and get into more depth about all this and specifically. Uh, our our game uh, together as well. Anything else, my friend? I appreciate the call. Yeah, I don't want to take up any more time from all your Notre Dame fans. I just wanted to thank you so much for uh, uh, you know allowing me to be on and for entertaining me. I'm excited to have you on on the 25th on a Sunday evening. It's going to be a lot of fun as we preview the next season. Keep up the good work, John. And whether you join the Big Ten or not in my lifetime, it's been it's been fun having this home-to-home uh, home with you guys the last couple of years. Reminded me of my childhood from the 90s. Um, those were great games growing up, watching Eddie George run all over you. Yeah, I'm trying to forget them, too. Uh, but, yeah, thanks a lot, my friend. It'll be fun. I'm excited to, to join. Hop over to your platform and take the heat the other way, the way our guys give you some here. So have a good weekend, my friend. Thanks for the call. Take care. Enjoy, enjoy your vacation, my man. Thank you. Take care now. Oh, man. Yeah, people are calling it always Bucknut. These guys love their football. And for some reason... Ohio State people like my show more than some other shows because I end up with I've I got a handful of good followers now that are uh actually nice people. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you, Eric. My first thought is I don't know that I've ever seen him that calm. <laughs> nor, 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 normally, when I've seen the videos, he's he's a little hyped up. He's got something to say. In yeah, fact, right, he, right, be, right before you came on, he had a little something to say to a caller. <laughs> yeah. To us there, yeah. Larry says, we are fortunate and blessed to have the Buckeyes being an annual powerhouse. If we were in Indiana, Notre Dame would be our best hope for success. And for many years, they were near the top. Here's what's funny about Notre Dame in Indiana. 
I've I, I've done quite a bit of work in Indiana. I was just there this week. Mm-hmm. Um, Indiana is very split between the Hoosiers and Purdue. Yeah, you don't see hardly any Irish fans in central and southern Indiana. They're either all up north or they're they're spread out over the country. And the funny thing is, if you go up to northern Ohio, even you get a lot of Notre Dame fans in northern Ohio. And if you go over to Illinois, over in the Chicago area. You get a lot of Notre Dame fans over in that area, um, but yeah, I, I've, I, I'll tell you, I really. First of all, I think that your friend John there, I, I think he's got some concerns about their independence. Oh yeah, he didn't come right out and say it, but you could tell by the hesitation and how often he kept saying he's going to have a big decision to make soon. Mm-hmm. He's he's worried about that independence. It, it's, it all comes down to the television contract deal yeah. for them. And I think you you touched on it brilliantly. You know, you said it just like my sociology professor used to say it all the time when, when we were talking about something. They'd be, follow the money. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that is. That, that's what it comes down to. And they're bringing this guy in to get the best contract they can get for now. And they're hoping they can get at least one more. I think they're hoping they can get at least one more good deal in before they have to join a conference. Let me know in the comments real fast before we close out the show. Did I represent you well? Do you do you yeah. feel like I did a good job? Chris, what do you think? Did I represent I, Buckeye Nation well? I think you did, Eric. I think you were very realistic of expectations, uh, shared very real concerns that I think all of us have going into the season. Um, I think you hit it on the nose that it hurts Ryan Day to uh, the thought of running the football actually causes him physical pain. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think you were spot on with everything. I really do. Um, I can also say I can't wait to have John on the show because he just seems like he's going to be a lot of fun to have on the show. That, when, we, that, when we were actually talking about the game itself, I feel like it's going to get a little crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Buckeye says, great job, Buckeye Box. Thank you, Paul. Appreciate that. Donald Hoffer. <laughs> Eric, you were too nice. <laughs> you should have poked the bear a tad more. Hey, I did get him at the end there. <laughs> I did I did get him at the end there when I'm talking about Eddie George in the 90s because he's about my age, I think. So, yeah, that, that probably pained him just like it was a, a great success and a great memory for my childhood. But seriously, he is a lot calmer with you than – he was a lot calmer with me because I didn't come in there with trying to um, – You didn't have an attitude. No, I didn't have an attitude. I, I was there to have fun and just talk football with them. Yeah. And when he's on here, we will bring up some topics that I know he's passionate about. Not to not to hurt him or try to push his program down. Just just I want I want you all to have the John uh, experience. Okay. The John Kennedy experience. That's what we're going to call that show. The John Kennedy. I've already got a box of lucky charms ready to go with his face on the leprechaun. Wow. I might eat leprechaun. I might eat a little bit of lucky charms during that interview. Just, just to poke him like that meme of, of, of Eddie, of Ezekiel Elliott. <laughs> and, and let, me, let me tell you, anybody who doesn't think that, that you're serious about this. I remember you telling me how much you loved this. When we were coming back from our live show in Pittsburgh last year, you were trying to find it on the radio. I believe then, to 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 bring it up to to play for me, but we couldn't get it for some reason. But yeah, yeah, this this guy's been a lot of fun uh, 
to to uh, uh, to follow. So, um, yeah, it was the first time I've ever called into another show. Now I remember, and gosh, we're in overtime again, Chris. We're going to start a trend here if we're not careful. Um, I remember growing up, and my dad would listen to AM talk radio in the evenings when we'd be out somewhere waiting on somebody or whatever. And you'd get the people who would call into the talk radio. Yeah. And of course that never happens anymore. You can hardly call into any sports talk anymore unless you're like doing the Jim Rome show. And he yeah. says, have a take and don't suck. Right. That's Jim Rome. Um, and I just, I, I never got to have that experience. And I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to call in and talk to the guy, especially since I know he's going to be coming on our show. Yeah. So, uh, and he had talked about bringing me on as a guest. And I thought I'm just going to surprise him and call him and see how that goes. So I thought it went pretty well. You didn't so, seem too surprised. Seemed too surprised. We saw seven four Oh pop up. It's probably not an area code. He sees very often. <laughs> I'm going to bet not. <laughs> oh so yeah larry dano says well done eric likely notre dame will be steered into the conference by the tv folks i think so yeah. i think notre i think nbc might just make it happen in all honesty in all honesty uh he goes i hope they jump into the big 10 says paul buckeye oh yeah i mean there's there's a very good chance it's going to happen so um the, the, it, you, we could see that hey go to over his youtube channel always irish uh make sure you check that out um, if you ever want to just, he, he does more than just talk Notre Dame, although that it's, it's like us very much, uh, we're Ohio state driven, but we do touch on college football in general and some of the topics of college football. And he's the same. Yes, Chris, go ahead. So do you think that they'll get three protected rivalries? They'll get one with us, one with Michigan and one with Michigan state, Michigan, Michigan, and Michigan state. And what about USC? And they'll get USC, they'll get USC and then they'll get one others. Let's say if they bring Stanford along. Yeah. Um, I don't think they'll protect Michigan for them because um, they're not playing Michigan every year now. Although they um, do hate them. Yeah, <laughs> they do. That's right. That's why we want to take them on. That's right. Uh, Paul Buckeye, thank you very much, Paul. Hit the like button, please. Yes, that absolutely does help us. It does help the algorithm. I noticed this week our videos took a dip big time this week for some reason. Don't know if people are just on vacation or what, but we were hitting anywhere from um, anywhere from 400 to 1,000 uh, views a day on our videos and uh, in the totality and we took a big dip we were well under 100 uh, this week so we need to we need to make sure that you're hitting the like button and if you haven't already please subscribe that really does help us we're at 318 we are 182 away from giving out a $50 Amazon gift card. So once we hit 500 subscribers, we will go ahead and give a gift card out. So if you haven't already, check that out. It's right there on our YouTube homepage. Like, share, subscribe, ring the bell, all of those things. They really do help out the show. Chris, any any last thoughts? No, it just it, it feels good, Eric. It, it feels like we're getting closer. We're inside the 100-day the mark now. And, yeah. uh, you know, things are starting to heat up, and, and I just can't. I can't wait for it. You know, we got a lot of big things starting here in just a, you know, a few more weeks that we're going to start having things going. So it's, it's an exciting time and I'm just looking forward to it. Yeah. The 25th, that's when he's going to be on and that's going to kick off. We're going to have him kick off basically our preview. We're going to start previewing the season. 
Uh, we're already kind of previewing a little bit with our top tens right now, but we're going to start breaking down teams, breaking down the schedule, looking at the opponents, going game by game kind of things. And we're going to start with that Notre Dame game. That's going to be a big one. And, and so having him on as a, as a Notre Dame expert is going to be huge for us. So, um, so that, that, yeah, be on the lookout for that. We might make that one a whole hour with him because that is, he's that entertaining and you will literally ask a question or ask one of your questions. Chris and I will just sit back and let him go <laughs> and yeah. uh, let him, let him do his thing. So, all right, guys, that's our show for this week. Thank you so much for all of you who participated today in the chat. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for sharing on your you uh, on your Facebook pages. Those of you who are on Facebook, thank you so much, guys. Uh, please go to YouTube, give us a like. That really does help out the algorithm. Still trying to figure out all of that mess as we continue to grow throughout the offseason. We'll try to get a couple more guests on, the former players, former Buckeyes. If you haven't already, check out the article I wrote about uh, Sean Lane. You can go and read that on scarletandgame.com. Um, it it went viral, Chris. What can I say? His wife shared it and it blew up. Um, and I, it and was it really, because it's such a great story. Thank you. I, I'm pretty proud of that article. Um, I don't want to boast or anything, but I felt like I was led to write that article and I felt like uh, I was inspired to write that article. And so it flowed very nicely for me. I thought it had a great theme throughout the story. And when it was done, it wasn't just words on pages, but it actually had a lot of feeling behind it. And I feel that that comes through in the story itself. And um, very excited to get the feedback from that. And I was really excited that to read the comments in Sean's wife's uh, when she posted it on her Facebook page, the comments that were coming on her page were very inspiring. So um, that was that was really cool. So check that out, guys. We really appreciate it if you were to do that. And you could always read any of the stuff I write on scarletandgame.com. Feel free to check that out. We Our webpage is back up, theohiopodcast.com. Um, you can go there. You can get all of our old shows, everything else. Of course, you can find us on YouTube, The Ohio Podcast right there on YouTube. We're on Facebook. And you can email us, theohiopodcast at gmail.com. I think I got them all. Maybe Twitter, The Ohio Pod on Twitter. There we go. Now I got them all. All right, Chris, until next time, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen Ohio with all your heart. Go Bucks. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.